stories like crazy. Because everyone has mental health, and everyone has a story, and sometimes they're crazy. Join Lori Lane Murphy and me, Adriana Prosser, as we talk about dealing with, struggling with, and managing mental health with storytellers that want to share their true life story. Get in the conversation with us and talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Now, let's smash some stigma. This week, we're talking to Andrew, the founder and owner of Drinks and Dragons Board Game Cafe in Whitby. And he talks about how gaming really helped him get through his trauma and his mental illness. Here, let's listen. So my name is Andrew, and uh, I am the current owner of Drinks and Dragons. Um, it was a business that I wanted to start for about three years now, and I've been working on it that whole time, uh, on and off, dealing with mental health throughout. Um, really, I think though it started like when I was in high school. Um, going from elementary school to high school, I was uh, sexually abused as a kid, and um, it gave me like. A lot of issues, but a lot of my in my cars to carry. Uh, I was, you know, dealing with um, some serious PTSD about the whole incident, and it was it was an ongoing thing for about a few months that it happened um, with uh, my stepmother. I uh, trust somebody you trust in your life, so that was a tough one. And I kind of like presented well that whole time, like I didn't tell anybody for about two years, and then I like cracked. Uh, so that was when I like couldn't uh, shield it anymore, um, and so I was going to my dad's place for the summer and you know he had a lot of crazy stuff going on he used to talk about how he wanted to make me into a man and like his idea of what a man was and apparently that includes like drinking at 14 really badly to like find what your limit is and then also uh you know being sexually abused those two things really make you a man that's what it turns out uh so <laughs> we uh it really hey it's shocker the, the, the secret um so cracked uh going to his house i like really couldn't handle it um, I had a girlfriend at the time who I went on to date for seven years and he would just like try and talk so much crap about that relationship, trying to get us to break up, you know, wanted me to date a whole bunch of people and not be in a committed relationship and I was very happy and she was an amazing person. So it was a lot of projection going on. Yeah, it was really crazy. Um, so I just was very upset at him because of all the stuff he was saying. I was upset about everything. And I kind of like went down and I called uh, my best friend, Sean, who to this day is my best friend, and uh, was like, hey, what do I do? Like, I'm, I'm going to be here for a very long time because it's the summer and my parents are divorced and I've got custody here. And uh, he's like, just call your mom, man. Like, she'll come pick you up. I'm like, that's what you should do. And so I did and she did. And I was like, okay. Uh, Wow, turns out that works, uh, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember leaving, and I didn't tell my dad because I didn't want to, you know, have him, as I was waiting for my mom to come, he would, he's the kind of guy who would get very angry and animated. Um, so I left, uh, like, as she showed up, I left out, like, walked out without telling him. And he was, like, sitting on the couch on the main floor, drunk, crying, saying, I guess this is goodbye forever. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to leave because I'm very upset at you guys and I don't know what's going on. What does goodbye forever mean? And it turns out it kind of was uh, goodbye forever, like at that moment. So, and how old um, were you, I was 16. Um, just two years after everything had happened when I was 14, I had totally exploded in like, that moment. So I went to the trailer, which was not too far away. My parents had a trailer at a resort and, um, you know, hung out with my friend that I used to hang out with every time there and he was like I told him what happened and like about the being sexually abused and raped and uh, you know I didn't really I never told anyone up to that point and so uh, I kind of let it out to him 
And he's like, dude, you have to tell your mom. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. So then he like took me back to my, my heart trailer, made me tell my mom. And then, you know, she went through kind of every emotion. I think the human being is capable of doing uh, a lot of rage, a lot of like, but a lot of like putting it on herself, you know, like worrying about like, how could I not have known, you know? Mama bear stuff. Yeah, that was the saddest part. Could you blame yourself? But yeah, so that was sort of the deal there. Um, and then I had a really hard time because finally like letting it go and like pulling the cork out kind of like pff, brought me into all of the real like stuff that I have been spending so long to be like tough and fight through. Uh, so I really got the bad PTSD then. I was getting flashbacks every night. I was getting like a lot of uh, tormenting, you know, thoughts. Hilariously, um, the laptop that my parents bought like my mom and my stepdad bought was the same laptop that my dad and stepmom had. So even looking at their laptop would set me off. Like it was, it was like a, one of those weird things. And so, and then I got agoraphobia because I was just like really anxious. So my somatic sensation for stress would be that I would like need to use the bathroom like immediately. And so I would have to map out like the world's bathrooms so that in case I like had to go, I like knew where to go. And that then extended into like, I can't leave the house now. Like if I think about the front door, I have to use the washroom. And like even the foyer, if I pictured the foyer in my mind, I had to go to the washroom. So I missed like two months of school, feeling really sick. Um, And uh, my parents didn't really get what was going on. Like my mom and aunt knew that like something bad had happened, but they really didn't have a a grasp on what was going on because no one in our family had really gone through it. And um, you know, mental health is something that, you know, it's not talked about enough and you don't know enough about it so when someone's experiencing like extreme symptoms um it's difficult to to really grasp when someone just suddenly is like in bed all day and can't function and like they don't look physically ill but like they can't do anything and like you know it was it was existence was pain for a long time uh so and you were so young it was a tough time (laughs) yeah i mean you're already i'm sorry i don't usually barge in in the middle of the story but i have to it's okay (laughs) i will barge in later it's is uh, thinking about uh, everything else a kid at 16 is going through anyway mm-hmm. you know growing into yourself figuring out who you are your body's changing everything's changing and then when you layer on trauma and what that triggers and what that can do to you and how you're trying to process that because your brain is still developing it's just so much I just my heart breaks for you but it breaks for your mom too yeah. <laughs> it really does well I feel really bad for her too you know like throughout the whole journey I think it was like kind of a, a dual journey and that you know sure. she didn't know what was going on she wanted to help but she like didn't know exactly how she tried so hard but then like you know would get upset like like a normal person would when like yeah. I'm not doing chores and I'm filthy and like I'm at home all the time and like what are you doing have a life be a normal kid and I'm like I can't I'm dying and so there'd be a lot of tension there and then you know we'd have a long talk she would kind of Unfortunately, she became a bit of an antagonist in like the therapy process because, you know, my, my psychologist would be saying, you know, like your mom's kind of, there's a bit of a toxic environment going on there because she doesn't quite get it and et cetera. And it was, it was a long road before kind of we got to the point where I was getting better enough that it wasn't, it was slowly being less of an impact on our relationship. Yeah. And then um, through all that, she would just like never gave up looking, like trying to help, which was good. So it was kind of a weird, like, God, there's so much tension here, but she's still trying to help. And so it was kind of, it was, it was, it was definitely a journey for both of us. Um, and so we kind of went into um, getting a, a child psychologist for that time in my life. The agoraphobia really prevented me from getting out. So I needed 
somebody to talk to in some way, and I really didn't have an idea of how to do that. Um, so she found me this uh, Dr. Cool Bear in Scarborough, um, and she, that doctor was really kind of on the ground floor of helping me get myself into a position where I could function. So like leaving the house was gold one. Like, hey, maybe you should be able to step outside for two seconds. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we did like CBT and that kind of thing. Did a lot of like thought journaling. Yeah. yeah. And um, my girlfriend who was still with me through all this was like really helpful with that. She'd be like, hey, let's just like go walk to the bank. And like the bank is like two minutes walking from my house. Like it's just like around the corner. And uh, I was like, oh God, that's terrifying. And she's like, well, you know, we'll try. We'll go as far as we can. And then we like, yeah, it was crazy. She was so supportive in all that time got me books to read would like talk to me about stuff was like even despite me like not being able to go out you know would come over all the time just so we could hang out like in my space as opposed to me having to leave the house it was awesome um and uh yeah she's really cool so finally got to the point where i could get out of the house managed to get through high school which is not something that everyone who goes through uh real mental health issues in high school gets to yeah. gets to do um, which was very lucky for me you know when I went to PHP later a lot of the people that I was talking to still hadn't gotten the chance to finish because they were dealing with really severe issues and they kind of all cropped up at that time so I was very blessed to finish high school and, and gotten to go spend time at university um, I would like to just <laughs> shift back and say I don't think like you're saying lucky and, and blessed but you worked hard for that yeah like like don't diminish that like I, it's, we swear on this podcast, so I'm going to say you fucking warrior that. Like <laughs> you, you went to the bank, you took the baby steps, you pushed yourself, you let people in, you let people help you, which is also a hard thing to do, right? Yeah. Like you, you worked for that. And that is, that is amazing. That's just fucking, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Cause like, even you are saying like, yeah, not a lot of people can, can do that. So give yourself <gasps> credit. Yeah. Don't give yourself enough credit. And I can, just as I'm listening to you. I don't know that you know what a big deal it is. You do, but I don't think you do because you're not giving yourself a full this credit. You should be like pounding your chest and saying yeah. like this is you know because it like Adri said it's 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 a choice to do the work too because as it's we're hard. talking a little bit about before before Adriana got here about how easy it is just to be mired down and stuck and it is a decision to battle. Because you can choose not to. And totally. Just, uh, unfortunately, so many people do. Because your, your bedroom is a great cave to hide in. Oh, it's amazing, right? And, and bedroom and carbs, right? And, and video games and, and books and screw the bank. Yeah. I don't need to go to no bank. Yeah. I've got <laughs> Interact on, online. Yeah. I mean, not when we were 14, but still. Sure. Um, and just, yeah, I wanted to rewind and just be like, wait a minute. I'm hearing a diminish of, mm -hmm. of skill and, and bravery like mm -hmm. that. As, as and, and so young, yeah, and so young. Because yeah. again, like you were saying before, like you're only sixteen. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. When I was sixteen, I was such a punk. Totally. <laughs> and not <laughs> dealing with half of the things that you're dealing no. with, and still finding it difficult because transitions are hard. But like, yeah. then you've got all this other stuff on your shoulders, like, dude. And then, and then you just oh. went and opened a business. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Tell us more. Tell us more. Oh well, you know, I went from that to. Uh, to University of Toronto, um, you know, I kind of, I'd really like computer science. That was kind of my main cool. um, subjects at school, and um, I was between that and chemistry, which I really enjoyed doing. Um, but I didn't really know what you could do with chemistry job-wise, so I went for comp sci and um, 
yeah, university was extreme pain. Oh my God, was university pain. Oh, it was just like every minute being on campus was just like excruciating agony in, in every way. And wow. the classes were, were not difficult. Like I was lucky that because I spent so much time uh, doing computer science at high school, like I basically didn't go to any lectures. I only would go to the things that were worth marks because it just being on campus was a nightmare. And so my escape was Magic the Gathering. I learned it in high school, nice. and so I would hang out in the student center and just play Magic all day, and then I would go home, and then I'd come back, and I'd play Magic all day, and then, you know, go to whatever I had to do for tests, and then spend that hour in pain, and then come back, and then play Magic all day, and that was my <laughs> life for, you know, a long time. Um, I tried university three times. Uh, I was there for uh, one semester, and then midway through the second semester, I dropped. I was like, I can't, I can't function. It's just too much pain. Um, then I went back with like uh, like a part-time workload just because it was too much to do full-time for me at the time and uh, trying to access the services that U of T has for people that are going through mental health issues or addict disability like that center um, and it was it was semi successful uh, unfortunately they only give you like three sessions a year as like part of their thing and that doesn't really do much and then you know you don't have a lot of like professional coaching to go to, despite the Starboard campus being amazing if you're trying to become a psychologist. It just didn't right. have a lot of help for people that are dealing with this stuff at the time. Uh, so that didn't work out. And then I thought, well, I could go to UIT because it's closer. And uh, from all I've told it heard, it's, it's an easier experience. So I'll, like, I'll take the easier road maybe. Went to UIT for one semester, that sucked. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is worse. Like it's easier, but it sucks. I'm ashamed of myself for going here. And like, I put it on myself like I was, I had this weird like ego twist at UIT where I felt like I'm, I was at U of T, which is this prestigious place, and now I'm at U of IT because I suck, and I'm like, I don't, mm. yeah. see, there was a little self stigma. There, there was there was a huge self stigma there, hmm. and so I burned myself out of U of IT for sure because I was just like, ah, oh, this place is like not as good as U of T was, and I'm here because I suck. So <laughs> then I um, I finished that semester uh, and then went back to U of T for another semester, and then was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Like this is just. Every time I try, like I was really motivated before I got there, I was like, like I can do it. And then I would show up and just be like dying. And uh, it was like physical pain. Like, it, I don't know how to explain that, but just the, the amount of anxiety that I felt at all periods of time, like was immense. And uh, it, it, the classes weren't hard, like without going to lectures and stuff like that, I was doing very well on paper, mm. but I just couldn't stomach it. And so I left and uh, tried to figure out what to do. At that time, my grandfather was like very ill and so, uh, you know, he kind of was trying to get my mom and me into his life again as he was having issues with, with like, cancer and, and his mm. treatments. Um, and he had founded a shipping company called Chit Chats Express and, um, you know, wanted us to go there. And at around the same time, I was kind of talking about doing something. And uh, I thought a board game cafe would be a great idea because I was huge into games, you know, Magic Gathering. Uh, D&D for, for quite a while and just generally gaming was like a really important part to me and um, you know Snakes and Lattes had opened up and was a really cool place and inspired a lot of other simpler businesses around the world so that might be a cool idea I don't know anything about coffee though so uh, I gotta figure that out eventually um, and I also have no idea how to start a business I'm, I've never done it before I just, I just dropped out so um, I started working at Chit Chats with my grandpa lasted two weeks I left because one of my coworkers there sucked um, and then spent a bit of time trying to figure things out and I went to uh, the Up Next Ajax program 
mm. which yes, was yeah. uh, started by or like the town of Ajax and BACD wanted to have a program that could help people uh, become entrepreneurs and learn about it. And um, you know, my mom actually found it for me because mom's the best, and mm. suggested that I do it. And um, you know, I wanted to to give it a shot. Uh, I'm realizing now that I'm totally blanking over part of my story, which is uh, the actual PHP would happen that winter before. Uh, so I dropped out and then didn't know what to do. I was super depressed and um, my mom was trying to figure out how to help me. And so she actually found the Parent Resource Center at Ontario Shores and they told her about PHP. And PHP for our listeners is the Partial Hospitalization Program, which is offered through Ontario Shores and it's for both in and out patients. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, they had, they had suggested it to her. I'd never done group therapy before, and I had had a few people say that it was a good idea to try. Yep. And um, so she really wanted me to give it a shot. I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try it. And at first, I had like that's the stigma we were talking a little bit about yeah. it earlier, um, with like, you know, I'm taking a spot away. Uh, this is strange. Somebody I've never who's really sick. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of like I'm just dealing with like depression at this point, a bit of anxiety. Like I don't know if I really should be here um, and there's people that like you know some of my best friends there had paranoid schizophrenia and that sort of thing and it was like you know it seemed much more intense than what I was dealing with but the you know care staff there worked, did an amazing job of like making me feel welcome and really helping me out uh, all the patients it was being it was interesting being in an environment every day with people who only cared about being getting better like mm-hmm. they were all dealing with different things but we all had the common goal of getting over our mental health uh, struggles and, and figuring out how to deal with them. And that really created an awesome healing environment. Uh, like even just going in like swimming on like the, the physical break, like, you know, in your periods you've got throughout the day, one of them could be like wreck and you just go swim. And it was amazing, you know, like it was just a really different break from being in my bedroom all the time. And so at the end of the three months, it's they like did, going to college. It is kind of like going to college. In, in, a, in, a, in a lovely way. <laughs> yeah. And you know, mindfulness stuff there really helped too. Like uh, a lot of the mindfulness, like training that they did and the, the periods on that were really cool. And meditation. meditation, it's all stuff that I use now. So um, they had like a graduation day. I don't know if they still do. Um, and I didn't go, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're you like, don't have, you didn't get your diploma. No, I've got a diploma. I did. I have a diploma in crazy. Oh yeah. I do, and you do too. If you go back and get it. Oh man. I felt so bad, but I was like, at the, as, as it started to wrap up, I felt a lot better. Like getting to the end of the third month, I was like, wow, like very motivated. Um, and so I just like, didn't go on the last day and I was, I should have, I totally did. And then I also quit my meds that day, like on my own. Oh which was a mistake. Uh, I went through two weeks of withdrawal really badly. But but after that, I never had to go back on, which was good. I like I talked to my psychiatrist and I was like, hey, I stopped taking meds a week ago. And I'm like in the withdrawals and she was like, okay, well, let's ride this out and then we'll see what happens. And we did and it went okay. Um, so that was very fortunate. But so after that program, like my anxiety was at like 10% of what it was before I started PHP. Like it was shocking. Like before I would sit on like, the couch or my bed and I would permanently be in a state of anxiety like you just feel that unsettlingness uh, all the time and once I finished the program or at least had decided that I didn't need to go to the grand the graduation I was relaxed like I could finally sit and be relaxed for a bit and like I went out and I got a job at a comic book store running Magic the Gathering events cool and then went on to to try this uh, up next program with the town of Ajax that's that spring so finished PHP in January then that spring I went to uh, up next and so 
That was really cool. I was so nervous because there was an interview process, and the day before the interview, I was freaked. And so I called. <laughs> I had a meet an appointment with my psychologist, or sorry, it was the Friday before was my appointment with my psychologist. The interviews on Monday, and I go to the psychologist appointment. And I'm like, I'm dying. Like, I, this is the most anxious, anxious I've felt like since university. I like, it's I can't do it. And she's like, relax. Like, what's what's your problem? But not so dismissively. It was more like it was more like you can do this. Um, you know, uh, if, if it doesn't go well, you're in the same place you were before you tried this thing. And if it goes well, you know, now some doors open up potentially and there's no pressure. It's not like you're paying for it. Um, and we're all rooting for you. So I went to, I, I immediately after I finished that appointment, I felt amazing. And like that whole weekend, I was not stressed at all. I went to the uh, interview and I felt like I killed it. And then I got into the program. Uh, most of the people there got in, which is nice, but uh, it was an awesome. And then we did a month of basically, uh, you're paid with lunch and then you would get tr like, training through a fire hose in the morning, work uh, until lunch, eat lunch, and then work until whenever you felt like and go. And the work was uh, marketing for local businesses that were trying to, you know, reach more clients or improve their marketing game. And then the ACD and ClearVision did the training so that you had some tools to use to try and help them reach their right. base. And so I learned a ton, uh, made a lot of really awesome connections there. The town of Ajax is so awesome. Uh, I can never say enough good things about them. And Andrew Poré, uh, this one of the people who kind of helped put it together uh, and is an economic developer there, is like a, a close personal friend because of that. Nice. Lisa Hughes is an amazing person, also at the town of Ajax. So like, of all the towns in Durham, Ajax is the best one. Um, <laughs> and uh, so from there, I kind of, had some connections and had an idea of a more solid idea that I wanted to open Drinks and Dragons. I spent the next year doing like research on like what it would take. A really awesome guy named Frank Adino, uh, who is an angel investor and um, does a lot of philanthropy. Um, I met him through Up Next, and he basically gave me some some leads on like research to do. And so I just chased them down. I would like go to Toronto and meet with some of the coffee guys that he talked about because I didn't know anything about coffee still and like different business people to like learn what how to start a business. I used some of the BACD resources to like learn about getting a business plan and what that looked like. I then spent a year writing a document that was just the worst. Oh man, <laughs> writing a business plan sucks. It takes so long. Um, and a lot of it was just leaning on people for, for like information because you don't know anything. Like your marketing plan is hard if you don't know anything about marketing. So getting some help with that was great. Um, Keith Crowley from the BDC and would be was a huge help with my like financial plan and like strategy for it. He knew what the banks would ask to look for, so I kind of modeled my my plan similarly to what he said, and it was amazing. They say one in five people get a business loan from a bank, and I was very lucky to be one of the five. One of the five, so that was huge. And then I really thought that I was going to be opening the summer before this year um, because I had a place all lined up and everything like that, but just stuff gets in the way. And I realized at that time that like you can't rush anything in life. You just kind of have to keep working at it and eventually the best possible solution shows itself. Um, so for me, like the first location fell through, the second location fell through, a few like purchasing uh, ideas fell through. And then I would find just like better alternatives every time afterwards. And you learn so much in the first go that like, you know, you kind of have to fail forward to find the better answer, uh, which is constantly what happens. Did you just say fail forward? Isn't yeah. Great. Put Love that it. on a t-shirt. Yeah, man. Sometimes you have to fail forward. I like that. I'm sure, I'm sure that exists somewhere. I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to, I'm TM by Andrew. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, and yeah, so we kind of finally got to the point where I was ready to go for this. Um, I had been talking to uh, some guys about becoming business partners. Um, 
because they were interested in like running my accounts and, and helping to manage uh, certain aspects that I didn't have the experience in. And um, things got a little ugly at the beginning of this year with them because we had only really been talking about sort of what they were going to do. And then we had sort of our test day where their idea was they're going to be the guys who manage the accounts and help with that stuff. We need to have a very serious meeting with the landlord. And so they were going to take that over and like guide me through it because they've negotiated all these million dollar deals and stuff like that, right? Nice. So I'm like, okay, sure. You know, like I don't have the experience of this. We sit down and that meeting spectacularly blew up. It was amazing. Like it was just so bad. I, uh, <laughs> I literally went home that night and then drank myself into a stupor with this. So my, my best friend bought me for Christmas a 25 year old bottle of scotch that was gonna be like, I was saving it to like drink on my grand opening. And I just like drank half this, this thing. Like, like, my anxiety like, says I, was, I want all of this. I was just so toast. I like, I, I couldn't walk up the stairs. I was so drunk. And I like called Benito from the escape rooms that night at like 2 a.m. And I was just like telling him the same story five times over the course <laughs> of our phone call. Cause I was just so, so upset. And um, I basically had to go to the guy and say like, you know, we can't, we can't do this. Like that was so spectacularly brutal, brutal. And there's nothing that we can, like you, you haven't done anything to be a part of this. And we're still, we're really getting to the point where it's open. Like I can't continue as things are. And so that led into like a very small legal thing where they were threatening lawsuits and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, we've been talking about being partners. We haven't actually been partners, etc. And finally, uh, with a lot of support from you know Frank and Andrew and um, my family uh, that we worked that through and I was able to kind of clear all that and be back to like kind of whole and then it took me like a month to calm the landlord down from that first brutal meeting to finally get to the point now where sort of everything is good and we're, wow. we're on a good page but my god this first the first few months of opening this place were adventures in themselves you know but like what adventures like the, the story started with you not able to leave your house and then all of a sudden you're going around Toronto you're tracking down some guys you're holding meetings like it's you're having brutal meetings you're yeah. having this huge yeah. arc dude I pressed totally totally and no really you have to be and I insist you have to be proud of yourself you have to be proud of yourself because you know speaking with somebody as somebody who has experienced a lot of similar things to what you have obviously differently but I'm 51 years old and I don't know what I want to do yet amen right and just the the focus and the drive that you have while managing a depression which is an albatross around anyone's neck or sandbags right and to still do it and to still you know we're sitting here right now, you can probably hear the echoey in my voice. We're sitting in this beautiful big space. We're Listen, here, we're in we're it. Here. We're, we're here. Drinks and dragons. Drinks and dragons. This is happening. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Play some magic and some sweet, sweet self-care. <laughs> <laughs> that should be on your door. Come in for some sweet, sweet self-care. <laughs> I like it. That was amazing, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Let me share it. Thanks for listening. If you want to join the conversation, and we hope you do, come find us on Twitter and Facebook. And you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. That's it, Stigma Fighters. And remember, your story isn't over yet, and we want to hear it.